Welcome to Creation, Book of Portals, Chapter 1. She was floating, but this wasn't a normal float, like the kind that happened on top of water. No, that was more of a purposeful float, one that took focus to keep on going. This float was different. It was almost like an empty float, a float that was void of every trace of matter. This float was not the kind she could push or fight against. It wasn't one she could control or stay on top of. Law of Conservation of Momentum There would be no other force to combat or even alter her course. So this float was one that she could only accept, embrace, respect, even if eventually it led to an unimaginable death. She wasn't awake for long, but on a station, she had little time to waste once the alarm signaled for her shift to start. She had a schedule to adhere to. Everything had been meticulously planned down to the minute, something she was thankful for. Even when she wasn't in space, this was how she lived her life, everything planned down to the letter. In case her day-to-day life felt disorienting or overwhelming, a schedule was perfect to focus on. It would bring her back to Earth, figuratively, of course. The mission was supposed to last six months. They were only on day three of being aboard the International Space Station. It had been a family dream turned reality. She had worked hard for this. Of course, all her crew did. There were two others with her, a Russian and a Canadian. She, an American, was the only woman. She knew she didn't have anything to prove though. She already had. She came from a long line of astronauts and space engineers, starting with her grandfather in the 60s, two uncles in the 80s, an aunt, and then her. Her family was full of close-knit scientists who perked at the thought of discussing the new discoveries in quantum theory, physics, and intergalactic relations. One uncle would tell stories about his time on the shuttle, where him and his crew were contacted by actual aliens. He said he was sworn to secrecy, but in his mind, telling a thin six-year-old didn't count. He didn't know she still remembered, but she had hung on to every single word. She didn't believe him, of course, now that she was an adult. Working in space required you to have a firm grasp on the mind. Candidates had to take psychological tests to make certain of it. So believing in extraterrestrial phenomena was out of the question. Don't get her started on the earth is flat debates her uncle would have after he drank a little too much. For a while, her and the family believed it was his space trip that left him unhinged. It would make the most sense. He was unable to keep his position at NASA after the mission was over and his mind seemed a bit too scrambled and unfocused. He wandered aimlessly. He wasn't even able to keep a regular, less mentally demanding job for the past decade. Even still, he found the strength to pull himself from his rambling stupor once a month to become lucid enough to meet up with his old astronaut friends 
They had been close back then. They still were. He'd grin the widest he'd ever grin when they called to set up their next hangout. Some still worked for NASA, while others retired long ago with honors. While he was happy meeting them, it was saddening witnessing him interact with his friends. His body seemed a bit frailer and weaker and smaller in comparison. He seemed a bit more sickly, a bit more slow with reflexes and understanding. Sometimes she wondered if he wished he could be retired with accolades or even still working like they were. She wondered if it was feelings of inadequacy that led him to drink. She sometimes even questioned if that fate was also in the cards for her. Space exploration was truly a sacrifice that could only be made for the pure love of it. Otherwise, parts of you could be left floating in space with no way back home. She wasn't too worried about it, though. She felt she was adequately trained. She thought about all the time spent studying, working, learning, and executing that led up to this. On her first two days on the station, as she was acclimating to the expectations in a new environment, she ran through the procedures of what would be expected of her on the six-month voyage. One by one, she listed a step in the procedure and visualized herself completing the task. She pictured the satellite in her mind, a direct replica of the model satellite in base camp. Her and her team had spent hours upon hours in an underwater zero-gravity simulation repairing, cleaning, and maintaining the model in preparation for the mission. She pushed the image away. Her anticipated work on the satellite would come in due time. Today, though, her task was a simple one. Repair a camera that malfunctioned on the exterior of the station. She wouldn't make a mistake. She had graduated at the top of all of her classes. She had aced every test in recruitment and in training. She went above and beyond in every lecture, every meeting, every training session. Her scores in water training set new records, while her stamina and energy conservations were incomparable. She was ready for this. This wasn't to negate any of the hard work her peers were doing, though. They were both great. One had top ranks in medical courses, while the other excelled in engineering. They were beyond exceptional crew members to have. So when the alarm rang to wake her up, she knew she could trust her mates to run their experiments and perform their repairs and conduct their research to the best of their abilities. Six months would go by quickly. She prepared for her third day working on the International Space Station. The replica of the station built in the NASA training pool did not do the real one justice. There was something special about being in the cramped yet intricately built station while suspended in space knowing there was nowhere else to go. After the usual morning maintenance and breakfast routines, her and one of her crewmates, the Canadian, got ready by putting on their space gear. First, she pulled on a special garment used to keep her body cooled underneath the warmth of the spacesuit. It fit almost exactly like a scuba diving wetsuit. Then, she prepared her spacesuit. The energy between her and her colleague felt focused and determined. The suits had to be applied in a meticulous way. A step could not be missed. Though the process was long, she grew to appreciate the amount of concentration and presence putting on the suit required. She grew comfortable with procedure, knowing that each step allowed for the increased safety of the astronaut wearing it. 
She was helped into her suit with zippers, tubes, wires, and connections checked and rechecked by the Canadian. She returned the favor, observing and monitoring for his safety as well. She gave an approving nod to the Canadian. They were ready. Once the suits were on, she went through a mental checklist of all her tasks. She had already completed her daily checks of preventative measures, which included temperature gauging, liquid level monitoring, and electrical inspections. Next, she'd be shadowed by the Canadian as she fixed a malfunctioning camera on the exterior of the space station. She smiled to herself. It was her first spacewalk, the very thing she had spent years preparing for. She was about to be a direct witness to an experience not many would ever have the chance to live. She was floating. In the distance, she saw the blaring red and white lights on the station as they lit up the vacuous expanse around her. She wondered if anyone was calling her name, if anyone was screaming for her. If they were, she wouldn't be able to hear them. She wouldn't even be able to scream back effectively. She had stopped trying to over an hour ago, anyway. Her communication devices had been disconnected. Her jetpack that would usually be utilized to direct her suit back to the station in the case of accidental free-floating malfunctioned. Now, even the training she had been so proud to display was of no use. She knew there would be no rescue excursions. It'd be too risky now. She trusted the wrong crew. She should have seen it coming. But as she floated, alone and disconnected from what was once the beginning of her legacy, she embraced her fate. She would die in space, and she would no longer see her family again. Hello, this is Michaela Simone Mack, author and writer of Creation Book of Portals. Thank you so much for tuning in to the second season. I'm very excited to share the story with you. As always, every episode is coming out on Friday, so please stay tuned for next week. I would be greatly appreciative if you continue to listen and also if you left comments about what you think about the story and also if you shared it with your friends. Thank you so much. Have a great day. I'll speak to you again next Friday. Bye-bye.